Well, hello and welcome back to the Grace and the Adventure of Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Riley Spring, and we're here with Dave Taylor. And the hope of this podcast is to cultivate leadership, which is fueled and formed by the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. The reality of church leadership is that often we can be more influenced by uh, leadership books, business mentality, uh, pragmatism, or what the church next door is doing. The hope is, is that in this podcast, we'll come back to the Word of God and see how the glorious gospel of Jesus impacts all of our leadership in the context of grace. Um, and as we talked in previous episodes, you know, leadership really is an adventure, hence the name of the podcast. And one of the things about um, the leadership being an adventure is that it's no fun to do it on your own. And so one of the topics we want to talk about today is the reality of fellowship, biblical fellowship, and how that interacts with us as leaders in pastoral ministry. Uh, And so uh, Dave and I are going to be discussing that. We're going to be looking at some scripture passages. And then toward the end of the podcast, we're actually going to share some of the practices that We've developed at Summer Grace Churches Australia for having healthy fellowship amongst pastors, even amongst churches and within a church. So, Dave, what, what's it been like for you in your leadership adventure and, and the practice of biblical fellowship? Yeah, well, I mean, f- first and foremostly, um, I just think it's such a, an, important, an important entity yeah. that we enjoy fellowship together. My, my function of it in Sovereign Grace has been that I've always really enjoyed healthy fellowship and relationship it was one of the things that i found attractive in the first place these guys are clearly a group of friends yeah and so pastors they weren't swapping around churches all the time and uh, they weren't they definitely weren't alone mm. and when i lived in the uk you would encounter a lot of pastors who were actually alone and so you would maybe meet with him and befriend him and um, befriend his wife and you'd ask him how they're going as a couple and it wouldn't be uncommon to find that lady in tears because yeah. you're the first person that had asked them in 20 yeah. years. And it was, it was grieving. My experience has been so, so different to that. And, and fellowship, I just think biblically is so, is so, so important um, for so many reasons. You know, we've looked at on the last few podcasts, the pursuit of holiness, uh, the pursuit of humility, mm. the pursuit of joy, all these things just aren't possible. And um, solo yes. <laughs> lone rangers for Jesus. It yeah. doesn't happen. We need others. And very grateful that I've enjoyed that. Yeah, and I, I've been glad to come in in on that and experience the, you know the fruit of that fellowship. And yes, even as we yeah. met up to do this podcast, we started meeting two and a half hours ago. Yeah, we're, we have been only so efficient, just today. getting around to doing the podcast so because we're just hanging out and enjoying each other. And yes, we've just we have a friendship and a biblical fellowship where we're sharing burdens, sins, struggles, being yeah. honest and real in a non-threatening way that. You know, <laughs> our jobs aren't on the line. It's actually part of our job is to be friends. Yes. But w- why Why are we doing that? Like, where does that even come from? Is that just a sovereign grace thing? Yes. You know, yeah, obviously yeah, it yeah. comes from the scriptures. So where, what, where do you go to in the scriptures to develop a theology of fellowship? Oh, look, I think there are there are numerous, numerous places that we can go to in scripture. And one of my favorites whenever we're chatting about church and fellowship is the book of Ephesians. Yes. I think Paul's study of not only the gospel, but how the gospel affects the church is wonderful. And in Ephesians 2, uh, verses 19 through 22, he says, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure 
being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. I just love the way he, he, he makes it super clear. You, you once upon a time were far from each other. You're far from the Lord and far from each other. But you're no longer strangers and aliens. Now you're fellow citizens, members of the household of God. And when you start dropping into Ephesians 4, 5, and 6, you realize, oh my, to, to live in a manner worthy of the calling we've received means to run in this race passionately, passionately for Jesus. And yet, at the same time as helping us see that this is a great race, what Paul is helping us see here right in Ephesians 2 is that we have a great means for this great race. Yes. And part of that means is, quite frankly, each other. Mm. It's others to spur us on, others to help us grow, others to care for us. We need Jesus, but we need people to be Jesus to us. And so I think Scripture is, is littered everywhere with reference to the reality that this isn't Jesus and me, hmm. but Jesus and we, and so we desperately need each other. And as pastors, I think we often talk to our congregations about the need for fellowship, you know, do yeah. not give up the habit of meeting together, you know, encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. I mean, even in, if we're faithfully applying scripture, you read through it, it says, love one another, serve one another, uh, bear one another's burdens. Right. If, we're, if we're preaching faithfully, we're going to tell the church they need one another. Yep. We need community. Come to life groups. Come to community group. Be there at church, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But how is it that often that pastors end up actually not doing it themselves, or why does that seem to happen? What's been your experience in that realm? Yeah, it's a it's a good question. I don't fully know how and why hmm. all pastors do that. And I certainly want to claim to have the monopoly on understanding what's going in every pastor's life. However, what I would say is I have I have experienced, you know, some time ago I went on a discipleship training um, class, really, that for about 10 different pastors that were learning how to coach other pastors. And one thing that became clear in that, you're even counseled this way here in Sydney, of don't make friends with people in the church. Don't make that your priority. You know, certainly don't necessarily get quite close to your team. Mm. Get close to people outside of the church, um, but not people in the team. And the more I pressed on that to find out what, why, why is that, the more it seemed that it was potentially a way of protecting yourself. Um, right. So you don't get hurt from people, which is understandable. Yeah, absolutely. I can I can totally understand <laughs> that. Um, I think the second reason is also um, so that so that people can be honest with you. So the idea of, for example, when you were interning with me, um, for me to be drawing you out about oh how's life, how's your marriage, how's your family, the 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 idea that you wouldn't be able to be honest with me because I might fire you. Whereas in sovereign grace, we're not thinking that. Mm. We're just thinking we're a group of friends. Um, that want to be faithfully walking together as brothers in arms, how can we possibly do this without you knowing me and me knowing you? Whereas I don't think every church is structured that way. No. I, I hire, in different structures, it might be that I would hire and fire people. We don't think of it like that in that sense. We're doing about, life. We're doing life. It's a brotherhood. and Yeah, but that whole vulnerability thing, and I'm sure if you're, you're listening to this and you're in pastoral ministry, you know what it's like to give your heart to people yeah. and then for them to not treat it in the same way that you treat them. They, they tread on it, they, they throw it mm -hmm. out, they backstab, they gossip about you and they treat you differently because of mm -hmm. your title, that you're pastor or yeah. senior pastor, whatever it is. But in the adventure of leadership, one of God's greatest means of grace for us is one another. 
and yes. it's the same for pastors. And I think the Lord intends for us to have that level of fellowship within our own local church. I think that's, you know, if you were the only Christians in a city, you'd have to have, you couldn't have this network of friends that you're hanging out with and having coffee with once a month yeah. outside your church. You got to have it in Ephesus with the, with the church right. that's there. Absolutely. Um, and so, why, why, you know, biblically speaking, what are some of the reckon like the benefits then for the pastor who's skeptical, thinking, oh, I don't think I really want to put my heart out there again to be crushed, or my leadership team doesn't really value this. Mm-hmm. What are they missing out on if they don't um, aim for biblical fellowship? Yeah. Oh my, I think you are missing out on everything. Okay. No, I, th- I think I think the the <laughs> list quite the is yeah. mammoth. I the Bible just does not know anything of mm. solitary lone ranger Christianity. Yeah. Just period. So to 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 excuse yourself from it as a pastor it is nonsensical. It's understandable, but it's nonsensical because then you're missing out on so many things. And so for for example, you know, we, we need others in our lives um, for us to actually grow. You can't grow by your by yourself. You know, if you think about Ephesians four ministry, where the process of change, where you put off the old self, be renewed in the spirit of your mind, put on the new self. You know, that's all wrapped up into the context of community. And the reason why that's the case is because given the the harsh realities of indwelling sin, you know, sin is deceitful, and so it can deceive us and totally blind us from its even presence. And so by myself, I can think I'm possibly the most humble person I've ever met until I'm around other people. And then I realize I'm not as humble as I thought. Yeah. And your time's up by 10 when somebody actually says to you, hey, why did you say that? Or what were you thinking mm. when, you, when, you, when you meant that? Or, and suddenly you find out, oh my, you know, sin can be deceitful. It yes. can be subtle. It can blind us. And so we need others. So to start off with, if we're serious about growing, then we're really going to need other people in our lives. I'm going to need people to confess my sin to. Mm. I'm going to need people to help me see cream cheese on my face that I'm struggling to see myself. Yes, It's going to be important. I think secondarily, I think in terms of care, you know, mm. and I think pastors, we, we desperately need to be cared for. I know I do. <laughs> yeah, and I do, man. I, can't, I cannot imagine doing this role alone i think i would last about six weeks tops <laughs> yeah. and three of them would have been holidays <laughs> you know i just think it would be so it, i just can't can't imagine you know yeah. theologian forrest gump uh says life is like a <laughs> box of chocolates you never know what you're gonna get mm. and he's he's right you know you never know what you're gonna get and in that moment um we're gonna need jesus but we're really going to need Jesus people to be Jesus to us, yeah. aren't we? So when we're sad and we're grieving and we're struggling, and we're going to need Jesus, but we're going to need someone to be Jesus to us. Yeah. When we're confused or muddled or unclear, we're going to need Jesus, but we're going to need to be somebody to be Jesus to us. When we're tired or weary or worn out, we're going to need the Lord, but we're going to need somebody to be mm. the Lord to it's us. That and that channel of grace that another body is a human person oh, it's huge is it's huge it, it's huge i can think of numerous times where i have been all of those things sad or confused or weary or worn out and then another brother or sister has come alongside me and just helped me see jesus mm. and it changes your life mm. you know it's just, I, I cannot imagine running this race without that and that's really brings me onto that that third part of the coin, which is really the need to be spurred on. You know, we are in the race of our lives, and yet there are so many temptations and distractions mm. 
that seek to pull us off running this race. There's the temptation and distraction of sin, temptation and distraction of the world, temptation and distraction of the evil one himself. And so what does the Lord do? He puts us into the context of a community and then says, listen, don't neglect meeting together as in the habit of some, but encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near, the whole premise is keep spurring one another on. And we need that. Mm. So putting all that together, when you think about growth, when you think about care, when you think about spurring on, no wonder the Bible has no context for this sort of solo runner for Jesus running over the hills. We really need the Lord and we really need people to be Jesus to us. And we need it in community. So you can outsource some of these things, right? You can go to a counselor. You can have a coach, a mentor that you meet up with once a month. You have someone that you can go to and talk. But what we really, I think the biblical picture is that in the day-to-day, the week-to-week, as you're walking here and doing that with a brother or sister that you're actually in fellowship with in a church, you are sharing your life. And in a pastoral team, you're actually sharing your lives with each other because they're going to see the whole, they're going to see more of the story. And if you're humble, you actually want them to see more of the story. You want your wife to be able to honestly share how your marriage is doing so that you can grow. Unless you don't want to grow, you know, unless right. you don't want to become holy, you don't want, absolutely, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Absolutely. And I think it's understanding that, you know, therefore, <laughs> even within a pastoral team as a group of leaders, or now as our pastoral team and your team relates, it's not just a group of professionals. Yes. You know, philosophically and theologically, it, it really is family. Mm. And so I, I just so appreciate um, having other brothers in ministry who I consider family, that because of the amount of time we spend together can tell by a look in your eyes that all is not well mm. and then have a friendship with you enough to say, hey, let's let's just grab a coffee. How are you going? You know, are you okay? Yes. It, it's such a blessing. Um, and you see the picture of, you know, even 1 Peter 5 when he, I exhort the elders among you, there's a plurality mm-hmm. of yep. elders as a fellow elder. So he's coming alongside them like inter-church. So this is not within the church, but this is him coming alongside as a fellow brother. And then he gives all these, you know, pastoral counsel. But there's this sense that there's fellowship within the church and the fellowship between churches and fellowship within the pastoral team. Like it's all really, really important and really vital so that we can grow, be cared for, have protection. And then probably the last thing to add is, Enjoy and just absolutely yeah fun together. You may not all be the same type of person, but there ought to be a sense in which the team is compatible. You're aiming for just a sense of like I like being these guys. It doesn't mean we're BFFs for life or whatever. Yep. But we we just there's a joy because of our partnership in the gospel together, which helps actually um, you know stimulate all of these factors. Agree and and make them happen more yeah where there's where there's unity you know wonder it talks about in the bible how good it is when brothers dwell in unity together where there's unity and genuine affection for each other and you're on the same page and theologically within a pastoral team that's a beautiful thing that's a beautiful just to know Mm. that you've you've not each other it's not that you've just got each other's backs you 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 genuinely care for each other you're genuinely bothered you want to see people succeed and go well and so when, when they rejoice, you rejoice. When they weep, you weep because it matters. You, you're together. It's, it's so important. And when Jaya, Jaya Packer, oh, yeah, i to share this just quick quote with you. In, in, in God's words, 
He says, we should not think of our fellowship with other Christians as a spiritual luxury, an optional addition to the exercise of private devotions. Fellowship is one of the great words of the New Testament. It denotes something that is vital to a Christian's spiritual health and central to the church's true life. For the church will flourish and Christians will be strong only when there is fellowship. Isn't that amazing? Mm. How much more do we need that as, as leaders? If leaders will only flourish and leaders will only be strong when there is fellowship, oh my, we so need, we so need each other. And it's, it highlights the need for grace. Uh, because <laughs> if you actually do life together and share sin and you're real, there's going to be many opportunities where you're like, I can't believe they're doing that. Or I can't believe their yeah. marriage looks like that. Or I can't believe yeah. this is happening. Or that's how they responded. But there's only two options. Either they hide that. You don't know about it. They tell their friend or pastors in another church right. and you never find out. And yep. then they burn out. Their marriage breaks up. They're having an affair. Or you mm-hmm. find out in the mess of it and deal with it together and yes. give grace to one another yes. and actually support each other at the ground level when it's first happening rather than two years down the track and then you've just found out about it. Because at some point you're you're going to have that moment. It's just yeah. when are you going to have it? Yeah. Um, so let's move to a little bit more awesome. uh, practical application. How have you saw and how have we sought to develop uh, the biblical practice of fellowship, let's say, for the church, in our church, Yeah. M- very briefly, and then for your teams that you lead, and now then more broadly, regionally, between our two churches and hopefully mm. more churches as people join um, Sovereign Grace Churches mm. Australia. So Amen. feel free to not do the church one if you don't think. We'll, well, church one, I'll just do it briefly. I mean, at a church level, we, we do something called Gospel Communities, which is every two weeks. And then within that Gospel Community, you have a growth group as well. And so they are, they are places for us that are grounded on God's word, places where you can know and be known. And places where we're really emphasizing applying God's word to our lives. So mm-hmm. they're not just they're more gnosis moments. They're not just trying to work out more and more knowledge. We're really trying to, okay, if this is true, how does this affect our lives? Right. So rather than a Bible study, we're aiming for application of the Bible study. The Correct. Bible study yeah. happened on Sunday as we preached it. <laughs> yeah. Now, how are we actually going to live that out? That's, That's what, right. Your yeah. Bible study is either it's, it's come through the Sunday morning as we've, we've experienced the preach word together, or your own quiet times with the Lord. Mm. But now we're coming to apply this. Mm. You know, this is a pit stop for us as we're on mission for the Lord and let's do some life together. And as a leadership team level, pastoral team level, in many ways we, we've um, adapted that very same structure. So all of our pastors and their wives are, are in normal gospel communities. Everybody's yep. just involved in church life as normal. But on top of that, um, our pastors have a fellowship group once every six weeks. So just the guys. Just the guys and then just the ladies. So they have a separate one. Yeah, they have a separate one. And then we have a pastoral team care group, which is, I think, every six weeks as well. So it's roughly every three weeks you're either in a fellowship group or you're in a... So fellowship is the guys sharing their sins, struggles, and yeah, life together. Yeah, it's really growth. And it's then really pastoral growth. team care group is the husbands and wives coming Correct. together, or if it's a single, yep. and sharing together. And it's the chance for the, the right of reply. <laughs> exactly, you know. yeah. And and, and so, so, yeah, that's right. So care group is, is that. It's, it's care. It's like, how are you going? Yeah. How's What's your God marriage? doing in your life? How's your parenting? How's your walk with Jesus? The fellowship is more, okay, guys, you know, last time we looked at our devotions, how are we going in that? Where are we up to with that? And Riley, why don't you kick us off? And we're really trying to work out, if I'm trying to put off the old self and be renewed in my mind and put on the new self, if I'm really taking seriously the pursuit of holiness, what, how do I 
How do we do that? You know, yeah. there needs to be this context where we can do that. Also a context where you might want to confess your sins if something's yeah. going on. A context where you can look for counsel. Mm. It's like, we got this thing going on and I'm not sure what to do. And that's really important. And then the care group similarly is, you know, that, that can be a bit of a free-for-all. We can talk about whatever the Lord seems to be putting on our heart at the time. But obviously last time, I think we just looked at joy, for example. We focused in on joy. How are we doing and modeling that to our children and within our marriages for those of us that are married and within our churches as we seek to lead churches and obviously the way we've developed things with you guys in Paramount as well is just try to include you and your leadership team in exactly what we're doing yeah so rather doubling up we're like well let's do it at the same time which has been a lot of fun yeah and it's been really, so good it's for been us great and i guess there'll come a point where we can't do it together yeah but then maybe we will have grown and added more leaders that will run right the same structures within our own, which yeah. I've copied some of them, but yeah. Yeah, and if you look at our brothers and sisters in the States who are obviously a bit ahead of us in terms of numbers and churches, all they'll do then is they will do that. They'll divide up and the churches can be their own and then we'll have some regional times. Yeah. So, you know, every other month or a regional retreat, for example, where you just care for each other on a, on a bigger scale. Any which way, as long as people are feeling cared for mm. and helped and spurred on. I think one of the things that, that shocks me and grieves me, like I said earlier on, is how many people feel alone. Yeah, I was chatting with a brother, a pastor brother in another denomination, the yeah. same thing. It's just it's just so sad. Yeah. And, and, it, and it, maybe it's just me, but I feel like I'm becoming more and more aware of pastors ending their lives than mm. I've ever known before. And part of me, and I don't know, I don't know all the ins and outs of every situation, obviously, but part of me often wonders... Did that brother have somebody he could call to say, I'm not okay, mm. I'm struggling, and I'm finding this difficult? And, and it, it just becomes then a deep conviction of my heart of, man, I, I don't want any sovereign grace pastor being put in a situation where I've got no one to talk to, yeah. no one I can be honest with, no one that can tell mm. I'm not doing great, you know, that... I, I do not want that while I have the privilege of, of leading this church and leading our region. I just think it's so important that we get close. Yes. Um, and I would rather somebody says, yeah, I'm really struggling and then get in the trench with them and help them than see them obviously ending their life or going to make yeah. some decision. Or just burning out or, or just quitting burning out. Exactly. Yeah. And I think any pastor is susceptible to burnout. I think there's been several times, several times in my life been in Australia where I've just felt utterly weary. And the the only remedy for that is other brothers often seeing that mm. and then seeking to care for you in it. And I'm so grateful that's been my experience. Yeah. And the beauty of you know a gospel-centered leadership is that Jesus Christ died to save the saints and the church as a yes. as a body. Amen. And so he secured our fellowship. We don't have to we don't have to like there's things that we do need to do to make it happen, but yeah. he's the one that's made the bond between us. We're blood brothers because we share in the blood of Christ. That's exactly right. And he's given us his Holy Spirit that we're united in Christ and then he's broken down every dividing wall of hostility and even though it's scary to have fellowship, it's it's humbling because you need to confess sins. But when you keep it centered on the gospel, then there's grace for one another. There's hope for change. Exactly. There's encouragement yep. in the process. You're actually acting on the reality. Yeah. You're acting on the reality of what the Lord has made clear. We really are in Christ. Yeah. Churches are not meant to be like a, a law firm or an accountancy firm right. or a 
great events firm that we just yeah. pump out a great event every Sunday with this cracker team, they're meant to be a bit more organic. <laughs> yeah, Family. Very much so. And our, yeah, hope, what, our what, hope for Sovereign Grace Churches Australia is that people can, uh, if you're a solo pastor, you're an independent church, you're not even in a denomination and you're listening to this, you know, perhaps you're looking for a family of churches that values doing life together at the leadership level and at the church level. And perhaps, you know, jump onto our website at, uh, what is it, summergrace.com and go through and find us and yeah. start a conversation because you don't have to pastor alone. And I would probably add, and I think you would agree, Dave, you ought not to pastor alone if you can avoid it. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and so 100%. we have run out of time. Um, we're going to finish up there. Uh, you've been listening to the Grace and the Adventure of Leadership podcast, and we hope that this has fueled and formed your leadership with the glorious realities of the gospel. We'll see you next time. Is that nice? Yeah. <laughs>